All right, we are running it back with Logan Sneed. Logan was one of the OGs on our podcast when it was first called the Learn Lead Podcast. That episode launched in December of 2020, so like right in the middle of COVID. Things were crazy, and we had connected with Logan. And I think at the time you were out in Austin, and your story was so compelling. I still think about it to this day of how I think it was stage four brain cancer, and feel free, guys, to listen to the episode that we released with Logan. We won't go crazy deep into his backstory today, but stage four brain cancer cured it with the keto diet. I want you to tell the listeners a little bit more about that, and then we'll walk into kind of where you're at now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of like you said, like people can definitely look up the full story, but it's funny enough, I'm you can't see my view, but I'm looking at the Ladybird Lake in downtown Austin right now, outside my windows. And that's where like I was out there paddleboarding with a friend. And man, it changed my life where it saved my life, right? Like he was telling me, he was like, look, I know you're so depressed. I know you're like, like at rock bottom and I know you have no hope in where your life is going, but you should really look into the ketogenic diet. He's like, there's research that shows it could shrink tumors. It was basically created because it cures seizures. And he said, I was in Hawaii and I was in the culture, literally people living in the woods and they've all done the ketogenic diet for years and years and years and years has been passed down. And they're some of the most healthy people. And he was like, I learned about it. And I would love for you to like really dive into this. So that night, I kind of was like, whoa, something that was not told by the doctors that I feel like I can actually control, they don't control. Let me look into this. So I stayed up that entire night and just researching like, what is the ketogenic diet? Like, what does this do? It's funny enough, because the day I had a seizure in my car was the day I found out I had a tumor. But it was also the day that I was literally looking to start getting lean and start, you know, shredding some body fat and like all this stuff. Because I took a photo in, in the mirror like an hour before that seizure of saying like, okay, day one, let's make it happen. And suddenly in the ketogenic diet research, it says lose body fat. They treat people with depression, anxiety, tumors, seizures, epilepsy, like all these things. And I was like, holy, I was like, this literally is an all in package, all in one package of shredding body fat, curing seizures shrinking tumors, and it was specifically for even GBM tumors and curing seizures. I was like, whoa, okay, I'm going all in with this. So it literally, you know, that one night like changed my life and I just dove right into it. I didn't know really what I was doing, but I just had to, you know, figure it out and make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that timeline of making it happen was around 2018, 19? Yeah. Yeah. 2018. Correct. Oh, uh, no. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. No, 17. I okay. Think. Yeah, something like that. So five, six years later, your life has changed a lot in a lot of good ways. So maybe could you just bring us up to speed on what life has looked like since those times, since the last time we even we chatted three years ago, what life looks like today for you, professionally, yeah, personally, man. all that stuff? Yeah, good question. I mean, outside of like, you know, like as far as like the tumor and these sort of things, it's completely gone. There's nothing there. It's been seven years now, actually. Yeah, it's 2016 is when it kind of was really happening been about seven years now. There's no tumor regrowth. There's nothing there. It's all fully removed. I still do MRIs and those things to check in on it, but it's fully gone. But as far as like outside of my, my journey of like, you know, overcoming that, you know, I've grown in numerous, numerous ways. I mean, since last time I was on here, I mean, when I first was living on my own, you know, going through this journey, I was 20 years old, living in Austin, like building a business. I was still pretty clueless, but I was still trying to make it happen. I didn't have any friends. You know, I had this like emotional and mental fear that 
me meeting people and then like they're like what do you do and i'm like oh i do the keto diet for you know i sell my keto program well, why do you do that oh i'm a brain cancer survivor I, I had this theory that like i would be very judged by it and people wouldn't want to be around somebody with you know titled as a brain cancer patient right so i really didn't have any friends i had social media but i didn't have friends so over those years i've i've met so many different people in so many different ways and i've been so honored to be able to hang around some of the most successful and some of the most new people in the real world and like just some amazing people. And that's one of the biggest things that has helped me grow so much to see that like life beyond business and money and success, like just simply meeting people and having so many new people in my life has drastically changed me for the, for the better. So tell us a little bit more about how your business has evolved over the last couple of years since we last connected, you know, where was it? And I know that you were talking about the keto diet and all that stuff and where, where is it today? Yeah, good question. Yeah. So what was that? 2021? I think at that point, I think I was no longer doing the keto. Maybe I was still doing it. I don't remember it. But yeah, so I first started doing the keto coaching program and that's what was like my first overall success. I mean, it really took off. It became very successful. And then at a time I was like, okay, kind of looking for something a little bit, you know, maybe bigger than this, something more that I think would last me longer that I feel more fulfilled going into. And so, yeah, then I did Fitpreneur, which was like helping fitness coaches that are in-person coaches build online. And then I have now switched over to helping health coaches, life coaches, mindset coaches, nutrition coaches on helping them really systemize their business, structure their business and really scale, but with, you know, through lead generation sales processes and those sort of things. So that's what I do now. And it's become massively successful. I've on pace for record month and, you know, it's, it's been, you know, a long journey, but it's been nothing but fun and, you know, putting out fires every day. So I love doing it. <laughs> sure. How, how big is your team at this point? So I have a, I have a business partner in Barcelona. I have a team of five full-time employees and a team of three full-time setters and then one closer. So it's amazing, man. That's amazing. And since we had last chatted, I think you had published and wrote a book. Tell us a little bit more about that. I see that the title was kind of catchy because it says, thank you, cancer. But behind it, it says, <laughs> fuck you, cancer. Tell me a little bit more about like how you were able to lean in the, into the gratitude of the situation that you had and go from there. Yeah. So I kind of had this thought. So I'm looking at the apartment that's probably about half a mile away right now where I started my book. I literally was sitting in there. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just like write a book. And I was like, uh, you know. I'm just going to write one page a day. That's it. So I hand wrote one page a day in this book. And I didn't, I didn't overthink this. I didn't think like, oh, wait, no, it's got to be perfect because you have to be a perfect book writer to write a book. Like I kind of got rid of that thinking and it released so much stress of just saying, you know what, just write. That's it. So I started writing this book in just one page a day. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I have a book. Like it was basically like a year went by and I was like, whoa. It's got like, I was like, it's like, I think 170 pages is like, this is awesome. So then I went and contacted actually a publishing firm here in Austin. And I was like, look, this is the idea. This is my title idea. I have no clue how to put this together. You tell me what to do. I'll invest what I need to invest. Let's make it happen. And they're like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah, let's do this. So they helped me put it together. We kind of like did some restructuring, some some sort of rewriting, editing, obviously putting it all together. And then voila, a book was done. And I just kind of thought, you know, the whole like everyone says, you know, fuck cancer, like fuck you cancer. Like, and I get that. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, it's horrible. But I had this belief that like, 
you know what, I think it happened for a reason. It genuinely did, right? Because if I'm able to, you know, change people's lives for a living, I was like, I would not be here if I wasn't going through this journey. So it had to have happened for a reason. So that's why I kind of said, you know what, thank you, cancer, because it was like, wow, like, I mean, it has not only changed my life, but it has saved and changed so many other people's lives. And it all came down to cancer, right? Again, I, I, I don't wish it upon anybody nor myself, but that's just what was given. And so I had to kind of, you know, really make the most of that. And that's what I'm, you know, grateful for being able to do. So. That's, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. In regard to your, your clients today, right? There's a lot of coaches out there, right? Whether it's health coaches, fitness coaches, business coaches, performance coaches, coaching is like, I don't want to say a fad, right? But it's a big thing right now. It's, it's growing and expanding. What is your, I guess, your thoughts on the, the, the coaching industry? and the value of that and where you see that value going. Cause you know, Antonio and I both have a business which is centered around consulting right. and, and coaching to some extent as well. So we're just always curious to know what, what other people in, in the, in different stages of business in that world, what, what you think about that, that whole industry yeah. that's going. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a really good question. I think what, what's so interesting is that like, I think there's devils and there's angels in every single facet of life. Okay. I can, you know, we can say, we can say politics, we can say, you know, cultures, we can say, you know, races, we can say businesses, we can say love, we can say money, we can say anything, right? There's always the good and the bad. So for example, I'm not going to name names, but I was scammed of $18,000. And the guy now has lost his entire company, never heard from him. He was in Austin. I actually looked up to the guy, respected the guy, like he'd always use these sort of things. And, and it's a complete joke, right? And so looking at it, right, like he's taking advantage of people who don't have a ton of money, and then what he's doing is he's taking advantage of people who do have the money. And so it kind of makes me look at things like, you know what, like there are people who do this for money, obviously, like that's their number one, like, you know, their number one thing that they look at. And then from there, they don't really care about what's below that. And so what happens is that it hurts people like, you know, us who are really trying to actually help these people and people assume like, oh, you're just in it for money. And it's like, well, no, hold on, hold on you got to know more about like really who I am and why I'm in this before you assume that I'm the same as everybody else. And another thing too, is that I think people look at some people on Instagram and they're like, Oh wow, what is a super successful health coach? But in reality, they're really not that successful. And so what happens is that people start their health coaching business, their life coaching business, and they take the category of coaching and they try and put it into business and it doesn't line up. Mm. Now, you can put it together. Yes, you can become very, very successful. But there's so many people who try and become a coach, but they forget the whole business piece of it. And so then what happens is, is they're kind of introduced to like, oh, okay, well, good job. You became a coach. Now here's how to build the business around being a coach. And then this is where they start falling off. And the problem is, is they don't realize that whatever you're going to get into in life, whether it's a job, a business, a goal, whatever it is, there is going to be work that you do not want to do and things that you are just not excited to do, but you have to do them. And people don't do them. And so because of that, they then stray away from it. They're like, oh, it's maybe not for me, or you know, they never succeed the way they want to succeed, or they're just simply not willing to do the work. And so this is where the culture is kind of going in a way. And this is why I'm obviously like, you know, we're here for help them through that, but people don't get themselves through that. Right. And so what happens is they realize that like, Oh wait, I have to like actually put in real actual brain energy to learn something to then execute it, to then do it again, trial and error to then make it work. 
And so they just don't, they, they don't go that far. And that's why you see so many people who can never, you know, make their coaching thing actually work. And then there are some that do obviously, which is, you know, people that we work with, I'm, I'm, you know, presuming. And so, yeah, that's, I think the sad part, but that's why, you know, I want to help, you know, people not have to go through that or at least get through that, if that makes sense. So, yeah. And what are some of the common, you know, mistakes you see coaches making inside their business fundamentally at, you know, in the mechanics of their business, what are some things, you, some mistakes you see a lot of folks make? What are some, you know, examples of some deliverables and some changes that you're making in your clients' lives and helping them, mm-hmm. you know, improve their business? Yeah. The number, I swear to you, the number one problem that I see people like going into any co- coaching business making is they're like, I'm here to help solve problems. And I'm like, no, hold on, hold on. You solve a problem. You don't solve problems. I say, let me give an example. If you had to go have brain surgery, would you rather work with a regular surgeon? Okay. And this surgeon does toe surgery, you know, stomach surgery, heart surgery, neck surgery, brain surgery, or you can go work with the number one brain surgeon in the world. Who would you go and pay? They're like, oh, brain surgeon. Okay. And why is that? Well, because they're specialized. Okay. Well, exactly. So if people see you as this life coach trying to solve everything, they're not, they're not going to want to work with you because People don't have a problem in their life thinking, I got to get a life coach. No, they're thinking, oh, wait, I'm addicted to alcohol. I need an alcohol addiction coach, right? If you look at Tony Robbins, people look at Tony Robbins as an example. They're like, oh, wow, Tony solves everything. Like, I want to be like Tony, right? Or they look at Joe Rogan. They're like, oh, wow, Joe does talks about everything on his podcast, right? But it's like, no, hold on. These people started way further back. And Tony Robbins, for example, was the men's cigarette addiction coach. That was it. That was the only thing that he did. He did nothing else. And as time went by, he was able to do more and more and more. But he didn't go into this saying like, I'm an NLP certified life coach. I help you in everything, right? And so that's why like people go into this thing and like they're going into a world of like of online where there's millions of fish in the same pond and they go into that pond. And you shouldn't go into that pond. You need to make your own pond. And that's one of the biggest, you know, setbacks people have. And so what I do is I, I say, hey, look, like you need to figure out like what is the one thing that you are solving and who is the one specific audience it's for and what is the one name of your program, program slash process to get that one solution. It's called the one, one, one method. And if they can dial into that, like that's how they can start off and start massively succeeding. So. I love that. And I think it really comes down to not aligning your expectations with reality. I think a lot of people today, they see on social media, hey, build the most successful business, get to 500,000 a month within the first three months. And they think that that's just how it works. When really there are thousands of hours and thousands of little boxes that need to get checked off to build a sustainable and valuable business over time. So I think a lot of people think that, oh, hey, I only need to do this one thing to get successful. If everyone just needed to do that one thing, then everyone would do it. But people don't understand that there's a thousand different little things that go into it. You got to build a team. You have to be a good leader. You have to make sure that you're outlining good SOPs. You train the team. You also have to have valuable deliverables, all those different types of things. And so how do you make sure that you're translating that to people that come in to where Hey, yes, we, I want to deliver value and get you guys profitable quickly, but this is an overnight success. And there's a lot of fucking work that goes into it. Excuse my language. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, like right when people sign up with me, I say, well, before they sign up, right. Instead of me saying, look, 
I'm a marketing guru. Okay. I'm just going to help you market. And when we market right, the business blows up. Right. Those the people who go in with that sort of thinking, they sell easy. But then the problem is, is those people who sell easy like that, their clients never succeed. So they, they, they like, they end up having to go find all these new people every single day, fetching around. And then like, that's how they operate. Because the problem is that like, they're not willing to just say, Hey, look, like I'm here to help you market, but it looks like you have so many other problems that you're struggling with that we need to fix before it would make sense for me to come in. Right. So what I say is I'm like, look, Landon, Antonio, I really want to help you guys, but I have to tell you guys the truth. Okay. The truth is this, is that we have to have, again, what our specialty is. We've got to have a really solid offer. We have to have a really, really solid social media structure and a very specialized process, a one-step process for the sales. Now I'm going to help you with this sort of thing. I'm going to help you put it all together. I even have some things done for you. But if you're looking for something to come in and just like, voila, the whole auto word automation and just sit there and you know, have people showing up at your front door, then I just don't think that we're a fit. Now, do you feel that you're willing to accept the truth? Because if so, we can c- continue the conversation. And if not, then we can just cut it off. You know, I think you can go talk to some other agencies and those things, right? And people are like, oh yeah, no, I'm definitely willing to accept the truth. Well, perfect. Let's continue this conversation then. And that's whenever they, whenever they sign up, I'm like, look, I'm very excited to help you and we're going to make this happen. But again, I'm, 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 I'm somebody who tells the truth. And so in this journey, like I'm going to show you how to prevent as many fires as possible, but there will be some fires that come up. Okay. And we got to put them out. And the people who will succeed are the ones who are most willing to put out the most fires. And is that you? Yes, it's me. Perfect. Let's get it rolling. I'm excited. And then it shifts their whole thinking of kind of like, you know, curing those problems before they start coming in. So. And I think this is why you've been able to stay in the game for as long as you have and continue to grow throughout the years is because most people, the, 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 probably one of the biggest reasons as to why coaching and consulting businesses fails because they take on the wrong clients, right? You try and sell everyone into your program yet. Yeah. You can't get results for some people because they're not just willing to do the work. So over time, your product doesn't sell and your cost of acquisition just stays the same, if not goes higher, because you're not continuing to build deep into those levels and people aren't referring you because they're not getting results. So how are you able to make that shift to making sure like, hey, this is the right fit for us because I don't want to just sell everyone into this program. I want to keep the exclusivity, but also make sure that my business is growing. Like, What's that litmus test for you? Sorry, sorry. I think I cut out for a sec. Ask the question again. So what, what is that litmus test for you to make sure that you are aligning yourself with a perfect client to make sure that you're going to be able to actually deliver them results? Yeah. I mean, to make it very simple, right? Some people can think in their mind, like, well, what makes you think I'm a good client for you? Like, well, when I look at your social media, I already see five problems that are sitting right there that's preventing you from getting leads. And my business is called Leads Cartel. And I see that the things that I'm looking at, I know how to solve. I've helped 3,000 people solve this. Do you have any, any interest in kind of hearing what those problems are and what the solutions might be to help solve that? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, let's chat, right? Because like I can literally look and see what the problems are, not like make up the problems. Now, there may be some people who don't have the problems. And if they don't have the problems, you know, they're on their way. So when I just see the words life coach, NLP coach, health coach, nutrition coach, I'm like, that's so beautiful, but it's so broad, right? And so that's just one of the first pillars that I know looking at their stuff. I'm like, okay, that's 
huge problem right there that's going to create all the other problems. Because if there's that one problem, it's got 30 other problems with it. And that's kind of how I know that they're a good fit for you know what I do. Yeah. What, what's your vision for all this? So, so it, you've been growing and, and coaching and scaling your business. What is the next, what do the next couple of years look like if, if things go, you know, however perfect things can go, right? <laughs> perfect yeah, doesn't yeah, really exist, I guess, but if things yeah, go well, what, what's the vision? Funny you ask that. So, I mean, the goal is to, I don't want to say, oh, you just automate everything and like, you know, people never hear from me. That's not the goal, but the goal is to definitely build out a full, like, team of setters, a full team of closers, and then like just simply delegate and lead them. And that's where, you know, because I have a backend team that would basically, you know, they already do like, you know, 70% of that. But then like my job is to like lead the setters, lead the closers and like lead the team and obviously, you know, help clients. But kind of the goal is I'm actually building this channel. It's kind of private. I, I haven't talked a ton about it, but by the time this is up, I'm sure it'll be out. It's called One Day, One Life. And essentially, I'm, build, I'm building this channel to show the day in the life of many different people with many different lives with many different stories. So I actually have a video planned out with a brain surgeon where I'm going to go to Miami. I'm going to show a whole day in the life of a brain surgeon. Like, what's his thinking? What's his story? Is he just a regular Joe Schmo that ended up having to work his way into it? Or did he just get lucky and suddenly became a brain surgeon, right? Like, what's the truth behind who these people are? So I have that one lined up. I have a uh, day in the life of a professional poker player, day in the life of a New York City fashion model, day in the life of a NYPD, day in the life of a New York City real estate agent, like all these different things. So that's what the channel is about. And that's where I want to build like a, a full brand around that, kind of like the Yes Theory brand. I don't know if you guys know them, but basically like that. And that's where like my story is the root of the brand. The brand is called One Day, One Life, where you have one day to show one life and you have one decision to change the one life that you have. So building a brand around that and really building that channel. And so I'm working with YouTube consultants and a full team on that. And so, yeah, I'll be traveling a lot while, you know, the business is running and building out this channel and those sort of things. So. Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction to make over time because like a lot of people think that you can just build a business and then step out of it right away. Right. But it's <laughs> built, it's taken you six to seven years to build some level of enterprise value to where your business is able to grow without you. And it's still not fully there, like you had just said, right? That's the the vision is to be able to get there so that you can put out your other focus. So like that, I think, is one of my biggest detriments over time as well, because like it's that concept of he who chases two rabbits never catches one. We're entrepreneurs. We have that shiny object syndrome. Those shiny objects are opportunities everywhere because we think we can succeed everywhere we go, which we can, but we don't step into building the systems and the infrastructure out properly just yet. So what it seems yeah. like I'm hearing is like your next step inside of this business is creating some level of like management structure to eventually create enough enterprise value to where you no longer have to be there and the business is growing. What's the next step to doing that? Yeah. So I'm training another closer right now. We've got some really good systems for lead gen stuff going on. My whole backend team, they're like absolute incredible people. So they're like really delegating a lot of the other closers, a lot of the other setters. Really, my my job is honestly right now focused on you know generating leads and really helping the clients because like you know that's more of the long term piece. Like if you look at Sam Ovens, I mean he has the most client results out of almost anybody in the entire industry. You go to his testimonial page; it'll take you like ten minutes to get to the very bottom because it's just testimonial, boom, 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 boom right? And so when you look at that, people are just automatically thinking like. Huh, there's no thinking about it. 
It's just like, do you want to do it or not? And so that's kind of what I'm focused on is like really helping these clients so I can get more client success, more testimonials, creates longer client retention. And then we have some more upsell offers and then boom, voila, the, you know, each, you know, client value is, you know, a 10, a 20, a 30K plus. I mean, that's what can, you know, really make it long-term while the team is building out. Because if you have really good client results, like really good client results, the sales process for whatever sales team and setter team that you build with it becomes a lot easier. But if you don't have that, you don't have that proof that these people really need, especially in today's world, it becomes a lot more difficult. So that's why there's a lot of coaches who go into this industry and they're like, oh, I just, I just need a setter. Like, I just need a VA. A v- that's it. I need a VA. Or can you give me a closer? Or what about an, an editor? I'm like, hold on. That's sprinkles to the cupcake. The cupcake's not even made yet. So no, it doesn't make sense. And if you like are looking for them to come save the day, but you don't have, you don't fully know the whole process. It makes no sense to bring an employee because that's like saying, Hey, I'm going to hire you. I kind of know what I'm hiring you for. I don't really know how to teach you, but I, you know, but, but I'm just going to, you know, I guess bring you in, right. It's just confusing for everybody. So, you know, that's one of the biggest problems that people struggle with. And yeah, that's why it's taken a lot of that time to get the results and like the proof and all these things to automate it. So, so one thing I wanted to ask you in correlation to what you're talking about is talk about, could you talk about the seasons of your entrepreneurship journey and what that looked like? So obviously you start out, typically most people start out, it's just them. They experience some growth. They experience some, you know, consistent revenue coming in the door. Then usually you bring someone on, maybe it's a partner, maybe it's a salesperson, marketing person, insert a couple other roles that it could be. What did those seasons look like for you? How did that growth look like for you as you initially started scaling your team? And then obviously you kind of alluded to some of it, you know, where you're at now, where you're trying to go, but could you talk about the seasons of that? Because there's a lot of folks who listen to our podcast that are somewhere in between, you know, day one and kind of where you're at and anywhere in between all that. Right. So yeah, uh, just the different layers, if you could shed some light on that. Yeah. Good, good question. I actually have, I, I personally, like, I think I have a different theory than probably like 99% of the coaches online because like everyone's like, Oh, I, I need a closer. Like, that's it. I need a closer. And they're, they're, they're thinking that because they just don't want to do it. They just don't want to get good at it. It's as simple as that. It's not that they mm-hmm. need it. They just don't want to do it. And so what happens is they go, they're like, Oh, I'm gonna go get a closer. Okay. So they go get a closer and it's like, cool. How many calls are you getting booked a week? Oh, probably about like three or four. Okay, cool. So, okay. So hold on. You're going to go get a closer for three or four calls a week. And if you have a 30% close rate, that's like one a week. And then if he's making 50, like, let's just say it's not even 10, let's say it's 20% commission, which is, let's say your offer is 5k, 10% is 500. So that's like a thousand. You're saying that that person's going to make a thousand a week. And even if that, it's going to be way less than that. Like that's way overestimating. Right. So it doesn't make logical sense to try and go get that. Right. And obviously you're not going to have a hundred percent show up rate. You're not going to have a hundred percent, all these things. So it makes no sense. And so they go put all this time and effort to get a closer. And then what happens is the closer is like, you know what? I got, I'm, I'm dipping out. Like I'm not even making money. Not many calls coming in. See ya. So they come all the way back to square one. So like what I'd say is like, look, this is what I did. And what I'm doing is like, let's build a setter team to where we have so many calls that I just, I, I physically and emotionally just can't handle it. Right now, I'm willing to go be, like beyond my my comfort zone and and say like, look, I'll do five to ten calls a day, right? And we want to get it to that level to where it's so consistent that it's just like data wise, like we're getting five to ten full calls a day. We have to get a closer, 
right? That's what I would tell people. And what I've taken the process Mm -hmm. on is like, do that, then get a closer. Because again, if you get a closer, but you're not sustainably getting calls booked, it makes no sense. So that's what my process has been like, you know, business partner built a team team has like, you know, cured a lot of my backend time. Okay, cool. We got the team build a setter team, setter team. You know, while I'm up here doing all the calls and just getting call after call after call. Perfect. Okay. Now let's build a closer team. And then now we have the closer team. Let me focus on client results. And now we've got that. We've got this whole system top to bottom. That's operating super, super well because we've, again, have these calls coming in consistently, you know? So that's one of the biggest mistakes people look at is like, I just need a VA and I just need a closer and suddenly it's all solved. But it honestly just creates more problems, you know, at least until you have enough to get a closer. So. Sure. So figure out, figuring out that pipeline, that consistent traction, that consistent activity to get in front of new, new relationships essentially. And then figuring out the sales and the closing side after you've obviously have people in the seats to talk to essentially, you know? Exactly. Exactly. You mentioned the word, you mentioned the word consistency, right? And, And when you came on our podcast, three years ago, our podcast was called the learn lead podcast. We've, we've done a brand, a brand shift and change over the last year and a half. And so now our podcast is called the consistency wins podcast. So as we wrap up a question, we like to, we'd like to ask all of our guests is, you know, what does consistency mean to you and how does that show up in your business and your life on a daily basis? Yeah. I mean, consistency is taking two stages, right? I think Hermosi talks about this, but stage one is quantity. So put in X amount of effort in trial and error, X amount of times to find an answer. People go into creating something and they're like, oh, I just need the answer in my first go around. What happens is they, they fear that they're not going to get that answer. So they never do it. It's because they never do it. They never actually get the answer. Or if they do do it, they don't get the answer. They're like, I just failed, right? So if they restructure what the title of that really looks like, you're just getting 10% closer to what the real answer is. Right. And so because of that, as time goes by, the quantity of things that they've put in to now get the quality results and the quality answers, they can now say, okay, we now know the quantity of time. We've put in quantity time. We're going to keep putting in quantity time to now get the quality results because we put in so much to now get out the results and the quality that we want. Right. So that's one of my biggest things is like if people go in thinking they have to get that answer on day one, it's just going to be a very rough road. If you look at like, for example, the iPhone, right? I don't know if you guys have what iPhone 14, 15, whatever. I mean, we go talk another five years from now, it's going to be iPhone 30 or something, right? But Apple didn't create this sort of thing saying, oh, guys, guys, hold on. We got to wait 20 years before we even launch this thing. No, they're like, yo, look, this is iPhone one. We're going to find out what's great and what's not great. And obviously the customers will give us that answer, but we'll only know as long as we launch it. And so they came out with iPhone two and three and four and five. Now we're on 15, right? So it's just going to keep growing and growing. But again, they didn't wait until iPhone 15 to launch the thing. They just had to make it happen. So yeah, that's one of my biggest things. Like consistency is putting out fires. And every time you put out a fire, you have to analyze why did the fire come up? Why did that happen? And if we can find out why that happened, we can prevent the fire, the next fire from coming up. And so a lot of people just aren't willing to put out the fire and then analyze why it happened. They're just looking at, oh God, it's a fire, it's a fire, you know, and they go into freak out mode. So it comes down to the perspective and how you're looking at these sort of things, which is what will fuel and determine like the consistency, you know, in your journey to get the results you want. So 
Well said, man. Well said. Great way to cap off the podcast, man. So how can our listeners follow you? How can we engage with you? How can they buy the book? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, just they can message me on Instagram. It's Logan Sneed underscore. And then my book is on Amazon. Just look up either my name or Thank You Cancer and they'll see it on there. Let's rock and roll, man. Appreciate you so much, man. Always great to reconnect and have a blessed day. Cool. Thank you, guys.